0: what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. So I love to start a week with really checking in to see where I'm at because we've talked so many times about self-awareness is one of the most important things. If you're not aware of where you are, where your mind is and all these things, it's just easy to just kind of get busy and just go with the flow and you just keep going. Really the only thing for me that stops me from this flow is a Monday. Uh, If I get off track on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the weekend, then I can be like, okay, it's Monday. Like usually my family goes to school and my husband goes to work. So there's something that changes that kind of forces me like, okay, it's a Monday, things are going to be different tomorrow. We have to go to bed a little bit earlier. Right now it's summer vacation. So it's different. Maybe some people homeschool. So you don't really have that type of thing. But I love Mondays because it's just like a good, like, okay, do over it's Monday. And I have been taking a lot of time off of all responsibilities. And when I say take time off, I really just mean from my typical daily habits and routines, like the things that matter to me, my priorities, uh, like doing my devotional every single morning. I'm doing my daughter's devotional with her, planning dinner, preparing dinner, working out, taking my vitamins. These are things that are really important to me, even like watering my flowers. like <laughs> Watering my flowers is really important. And when I am on a really good routine where I'm waking up and doing all of the things life just goes smoother. Things go better, but I fall off this path a lot. And so you might be someone who falls off this path every weekend, every couple of days, you might be good for a month and then fall off two months and fall off. The goal is to live a life doing things throughout your day that are going to build you up and make you a better person. And you have to do them consistently. Now, perfect is different than consistent because you're never going to be perfect. If your goal is to take care of better, better care of yourself and take your vitamins, you're not going to do it seven out of seven days every single week. And you're not a failure if you only do it four days. So you have to get out of that mindset of perfectionism, just work on consistency. But the longer you string together these days of all good things, your life will start to get better. It's like a guarantee. It's not like maybe this will work. It's worth a shot. Like if you have a failing life right now, your mindset is failing, your business is failing, your marriage is failing, whatever it is that you're failing. If you're gaining weight, if you feel like crap, all these things are going down. You are 100% in control of changing them. And a lot of people look at other people with these good lives and just think like, oh, good for them. Must be nice. Must be nice. They they're so healthy and wealthy and happy and must be nice. They have a great marriage. But you don't see the work that people have put in and the hard things that they have had to do over time. I live a very different life right now than I did eight years ago. And eight years ago is when I left corporate America. Actually, it was eight years ago yesterday that I left corporate America. And I said, enough is enough. I am going to change my life. And all those areas of my life were just like in shambles. I was miserable. I cried every single day on the phone with my grandma on my way to work. I was, I was just absolutely miserable. And that's why I posted a reel last week about if you are miserable in something, stop doing it. Who cares about the what ifs? Who cares about the doubt, which is what we're going to be talking about here today is doubt and fear, how there are these two big, huge things that hold you back from what you need to do. And it's really hard because you think you know what you want and you think you want all of these things, but if you're not doing the actual actions, you're never going to get this life that you want. And so it's not just a crapshoot of let's see what we get. No, if you string together positive choices over a period of time, you will live a better life. It doesn't matter. You will live a better life. I'm not saying you won't experience trials and you won't experience devastations and losses in your life, but it's a mindset. It's not based on circumstances. It's a mindset. And so starting a Monday with self-awareness and, okay, where am I at right now in my mind? How am I doing with my priorities? Am I feeling successful? Am I feeling alive? Am I feeling passionate? Because on the days... Where I'm like vibing with God and I'm really truly like doing the right things, I feel better. I look better. I act better. I feel this feeling of fulfillment and purpose and passion. And I literally feel like I'm high. Like I will feel like, and I've talked to other people before, other Christians who've said the same thing. Like it's this feeling like you just feel so much joy and so much passion and excitement. You're like, literally, you're alive. You're, you're alive on the inside. You have this light. People will say like, you just look like you're shining or you just look so radiant and vibrant. Like you can tell when someone has good energy. You can tell when someone has bad energy. And the actions that you do and the thoughts you have and you doing these specific things will show your energy and will dictate how you live the rest of your life. So there are some symptoms that I want you to check on. And if you have these symptoms, it means that you need a Holy Spirit revival. (laughs) You need something to change. I'm gonna tell you the symptoms that you can check for. And then I'm gonna tell you the exact things that you need to do to get out of this. Because chances are you're probably going to say you have almost all of these symptoms. And the reason why I know that is because for me, I have all these symptoms about once a week, definitely every 10 days. I don't think I've ever gone longer than 10 days and 10 days is a very uh, sporadic stretch. I've only done that a few times. It's usually about five to seven days is when I'm vibing and I'm alive and I'm excited and I'm passionate and I'm fulfilled and I just could explode with purpose. It's only about five to seven days. and then. This happens, and I don't realize it until it's already been happening for a few days. So the first symptom is low energy. Now, energy is low. Now, your energy might be low because you have something medically wrong with you, or you have hormones that are imbalanced. Or you can have low energy just because you have low energy. So if you have a medical problem, then take care of yourself. If you have low energy all the time, no matter what, you try everything, you've worked out, you eat healthy, you're drinking tons of water, you're getting a good night's sleep. And if you still have low energy, then go get yourself checked out. Go see a naturopath. Go to a chiropractor can do a lot of blood work for you. See where your levels are. You might just need a little bit more vitamin D or you might need some more greens into your life. Go get yourself checked out. Make sure everything looks good. Everything medically is okay. You need to take care of yourself. Get on a supplement and put that in there. I'm talking just low energy. Like you have no idea why, but your energy is just low all of a sudden. You want to take more naps. You want to sleep in. You want to go to bed early. You just have this low energy. If you have little kids, you find yourself having a really hard time doing things with them. Like, mommy, come push me on the swing. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to push you on the swing. Like, come play Barbies with me. Mom, come give me a bath. Mom, come outside and watch me jump on the trampoline. Like, all of these things, you just don't feel like doing. You know you should do and you would like to, but you're just super tired. Or maybe you, you're a dog mom and you're like, I really should go walk my dog. I should really take my dog to that dog park. Or I should really get out and do something with my husband. I should go for a, but you just don't feel like it. You don't have the energy. Another symptom is you're not feeling your best, um, like your best self. You're feeling kind of irritated, like you're just irritated with everything. Little things your husband do just irritates you. Like why are you chewing your food like that? Why are you walking like that? Why did you do? That? If you're just you're just irritated. Um, your kids will come up and touch your arm, and you just feel irritated that they're touching you. Like please stop touching me. Please stop. You walk in the kitchen, and everyone's asking you what's for dinner. And usually it wouldn't bother you, but this time you're like, can you just get out of the kitchen, please? I need a minute to myself. Uh, People who irritate me the most during this period are the people who are closest to me, like in my household or like my mom or my sister, things like that. Um, Number three is kind of similar to being irritated. It's a little different. It's being critical or judgmental. So being the difference between the two is being irritated is when the car in front of you is going the speed limit and everyone on that road usually goes five over. Okay, you're like, why are you driving 55? Everyone goes 60. Like, let's go, get out of the fast lane. That kind of like irritation, um, you go to an appointment and there's someone in front of you and they're taking forever talking to the receptionist. Or you go through a drive-through and the car is taking forever. Or like yesterday we went out to eat and it took forever to get our food, like forever. It was probably 40 minutes. And I'm like, this is insane. It's been 40 minutes. Why is our food not here? And then I went on to keep talking about out to eat. Like I was in the shower and I literally, while I'm in the shower, I'm talking to my husband in my room and I was like, I can't believe how terrible that restaurant was tonight. Like that was so terrible. And he's like, I really think it's just your mindset because the only thing that was wrong with it is that the food took a long time, but they didn't mess up on anything. The waitress was super attentive. The weather was great. We got to sit outside. Like I thought that it was really nice. And I knew that it was was me. I was irritated. Now being critical and judgmental is looking at other people and judging them. Like, why do they do that that way? Or why would you say that? Or why would you not do that? It's really easy to be critical and judgmental to your spouse too. Those are really big things that the devil uses to get into your mind and to get into your brain and really just mess with you. Because if he can get you focused on something that you're being really critical over, um, my husband said like this really like dumb white lie yesterday. It really wasn't a big deal. I asked him if he watered my flowers while I was gone because I was away for the weekend. And he said, yes. And I said, every day. And he said, yes. And I could tell just by looking at him, it wasn't true. (laughs) And I was like, I looked at him again and I'm like, every day you watered the flowers. You swear every day. And he's like, well, no, not every day. I forgot a couple of the days. I was like, okay, why wouldn't you just tell me that from the beginning? Like, I'm not mad at you for missing a day of watering my flowers. I'm mad that you lied. And then I kind of like, I kind of just like kept going, like I didn't drop it. And then I was instantly convicted that, that God was like, Oh, you never, you never lie ever. Never. You never exaggerate. You never embellish at all. And I just like shut my mouth because I was like, okay, I'm being really judgmental. I'm being really critical right now. Like it is not up to me to convict you of this lie. It is up to the Holy spirit. And then I need to not act like I'm the judge that can judge. If you're someone who judges people, a lot of times, It's okay. It's sin, and we're all born with it. And you might be someone that is just very judgmental, or maybe you're really offensive. A good book to read is The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. And it's really good. It talks about being offended. And the reason why we're offended is because we're really judgmental. And that was honestly one of the best books I've ever read. And I read it recently. Very, very, very good. Satan uses offense in judgment so much. You'll be blown away at how eye-opening it is when you really start to see. Remember too to pray that God gives you eyes to see the areas of your life that you need to improve. Because of our sinful nature, we can't really see everything that we need to see in us. And if you want to grow and you want to get better, you need to have eyes that see, not fleshly eyes. You need the Holy Spirit to reveal to you things that you're not seeing in your life. Um, And having low patience is another sign and symptom that you're, I guess I should say symptoms of the valley. The valley is when nothing's really living, nothing's growing, nothing's surviving. You're really just trying to survive and then you die. And then nothing really good ever happens out of the valley. Now, there's things that can happen good because of the valley, but nothing good is happening so you feel when you're in the valley. So low patience is another symptom is the fourth symptom. Low patience with your kids, with your job, with driving, <laughs> with with anything you're doing, you just don't have the patience you used to. When I'm, Walking with God, and I am thriving and I'm just alive. I have a lot of patience for my kids, and I see everything that happens as a really awesome, teachable moment. I don't really lose my cool, I don't blow up in anger. I'm not saying that I don't ever do that because I walk in the valley a lot, not realizing it, where I'm snappy, I'm irritated. And it's just a terrible thing. It's a terrible feeling. All of these things are terrible feelings inside. The fifth symptom is you start questioning your dreams or your dreams just feel dull. As you're going about your day and doing your stuff, you you just start thinking of all these dreams that you had and how it they just seem dull. It seems like, I don't know, is that even what I want to do? Is, is that even is this even like worth it? Do I really think that I'm going to make it? Do I think that this is going to work? Is this really like, you just start questioning or you start doubting. And I thought it was interesting. I pulled up the definition of doubt and it means to question the truth or fact about something. And if you're doubting something, it really is what keeps you in procrastination mode. Because it's this thought of like, why even try? It's not gonna work. You're doubting something, so why try? So here's some things that I've been doubting lately. When I really sat down and started thinking about this, I challenge you to make a list of things that you've been doubting. Because if you're doubting something, it stops you in your tracks. Now doubt and fear are very much alike they can both be fueled by emotions and i'm going to talk about the difference actually fear is a lot better to experience than doubt doubt is even worse than fear because doubt it stops you in your tracks and fear can be overcome you can be fearful of something and continue to do it like you can be fearful of public speaking but you can get up there and you can do it when you're doubting you can't do it. You can't form the words. You can't do the thing because you're doubting. It stops you. It completely kills whatever you're doing. The things that I've been doubting lately are my book, my podcast, the Holy Spirit, prayer. I've been doubting my marriage and I've been doubting truth. And when I sat and thought of these things, The reason why I wrote them all down is because nothing makes sense logically to doubt these things. They're all things in my head that I make up that I feel doubtful towards. So for instance, my book, I've been journaling about God telling me to write a book since I was in early days of high school. And I have dreams about it and everything about my book has fallen into place perfectly The publishing school that I hired, the ideas, the time of the book, everything about the book makes sense that it would work. I've had people look at it and tell me this book is going to change so many lives. This is going to sell millions of copies. This is guaranteed going to be a best-selling book. I know that that makes sense. But when I'm experiencing the emotion of doubt, I question it. Who am I? Like, like I, like, I'm going to write a book. Like, I'm going to, like, that's so stupid. Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to write a book. I don't know how to write a book. Who am I fooling? It's this imposter syndrome of like, I'm fooling people to think I'm something I'm not. And one day they're going to find me out. That's imposter syndrome. And we all experience that at a time or another where we feel unequipped and unqualified And we feel embarrassed, almost like, who are we fooling that we're showing up to do this? Like someone's going to find out that I'm, that I'm not who I think that, who they think I am. And that happens a lot too, when you start to see success, because you think that your success is just this like one-off success. Like you didn't really do anything to get it, that you just you accidentally became this person. Like you accidentally started making a lot of money at your job or you accidentally got a promotion or they just they didn't see really and you just got this. It was this lucky straw that you got. I was listening to um, the show on Netflix called My Next Guest Needs No Introduction by David Letterman. And he interviews all these celebrities and all these people. And I am very intrigued about learning about other people's lives why they are the way they are, who they were raised by, just hearing their story and seeing how it fueled things and how it ruined things and their beliefs and their minds. And I love all of it. God created all these people and I love hearing about them. And Billie Eilish, in her interview, she said, I thought for so long that I accidentally got famous and that I was going to get some sort of, notification or message that's like oh sorry we made a mistake you're you're actually not a celebrity you're actually not famous your songs actually didn't win these awards you really weren't at the number one spot in the billboards she's like every day i thought like they were people were finding out like i thought that i was a a pretend celebrity like i was pretending so good that i just became one and then i'm going to be found out at any second she doesn't realize the amazingness of her music Because she has that doubt in her, that imposter syndrome that's saying like, oh, even if you do succeed, don't worry. The devil's going to still make you think that you did not So it's not even on succeeding. It's on the devil just trying to mess with you. And that's why this series that we're going into on this podcast right now is all about guarding yourself against the devil and his schemes and his tricks. Because he is at work 24-7. We are only at work in our own flesh. When we are focused and we are intentional and we're showing up and we're doing it, we're not going to be perfect. We're not even really going to be consistent unless we rely on the Holy Spirit to fight for us and to do in us what we need done. We can't do it in our own strength. So we have to pray and prioritize the right things so that everything works out and it's in our favor. So my podcast on here, I think almost every single day, the intrusive thought of, are you seriously going to keep this podcast going? Like you think people are listening. You think that this even makes a big deal. Like, like you're just showing up like, oh, like here you are, like your advice is so good or that people really want to hear you talk and that you're going to keep going on here. And that doesn't make sense because I can look at the analytics of the show and I can see the thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads that the show has. But again, it doesn't matter if the success is there because I still don't feel like I earned it. It's like, oh, those people must've just been like clicking on it really quick and then getting off. Like you still try to justify it. And I've also been doubting the Holy Spirit lately because I know what scripture says about the Holy Spirit. I know what I have experienced myself about the Holy Spirit, like making me be nice to my family when my flesh doesn't want to be nice, changing my heart and completely letting go of my abandonment issues and my anger and my rage and my resentment against my dad for abandoning me, completely gone. Completely gone. Within a snap of a finger, completely gone. Anxiety, completely gone. I'm not saying that if you have anxiety and it hasn't been delivered yet, that God's not listening to you or he's not, or that you're not a good enough person that has nothing to do with it. There are things that you will be literally delivered from If God wants you to be by relying fully on the Holy Spirit to change you. And it's hard, but it's only hard if you work on it yourself. But if you let it go and you let the Holy Spirit help you, then it becomes easier. I've been doubting the Holy Spirit working in me because if I truly believed in what the scripture said and I took it to its word, I would rely a lot more on the Holy Spirit than I do. If you knew that you could, and prayers on my list too, if you know that prayer is the most important thing, C.S. Lewis says that it's more important if you have five hours of work to do, it's more important for you to take one to two hours and pray first and only work three to four hours than it would be to work the five hours. You will get more done and you'll be more successful by taking part of that time that you're supposed to be working and praying. Because prayer is the most important number one thing. But when's the last time you sat down with a list and you were one-on-one intimate time with God, not just driving in your car. I'm going to pray about this while I'm driving or I'm chopping vegetables. So I'm going to tell God, thank you for all the things that he gave me. Like, no, you're, you're on your knees in your room, either with a list or you don't have a list and you're meditating and you're there for 30 minutes or so. Deep in prayer going through all the areas of your life and asking for guidance and asking for discernment and asking for his will and to open doors and light paths and slam doors and separate me from anything that's holding me back from a relationship with you. And you're, you're talking to God and you're listening to him. When's the last time you did that? For me, the last time I did that before this morning was probably two weeks ago. If I truly believed in prayer as much as I think I do, I would be waking up and spending every single first hour of every single day with God saying, I am nothing apart from you. And I need you to help me through this day. Guide me, bless me, control my tongue. We have to pray for the things that we are not good at doing. Help me to see things through your eyes. Help me to see your people like you do stop my judgmental spirit, stop my critical spirit, whatever you have to do, help me speak the truth, help me to be in a good mood, walk with me, guide me, put someone in my path today that's going to bring me to this next place or tell me something I need to hear. If we're not doing that, we're we're not going to hear it. We're just too busy. And I've been doubting truth because I know the truth of things. And I'm even doubting that. I know that this is going to be a best selling book, but I doubt it. I know that the Holy Spirit is working in me, but I doubt it. I know that this podcast was God telling me to do it, but I doubt it. My marriage, I wrote on there because nothing, nothing is actually happening. So there's two forms of doubt there's intellectual doubt, and then there's emotional doubt. And intellectual doubt is that it involves an object or an argument, like a tangible thing that happened that now you're doubting. Like you got in a huge explosive fight with your husband and now you're doubting your marriage. That is an intellectual type of doubt because it's not just on emotions. Now, of course, that is going to fuel your emotions, but the bottom underlying cause is the intellectual part of this. It's, it's definitely triggering when you experience the emotional side because, I mean, it's triggering you. It's triggering you into a bad type of fear. But the good news is, is that you can avoid and overcome the emotional side of, of doubt a lot easier than you can the intellectual side. The emotional side is just based on emotions, either past things that you've experienced, or stories that you've said in your head over and over to yourself. Um, For me, in my marriage, there's nothing intellectual that should make me doubt my marriage. But my emotions get the best of me, and then I doubt my marriage, because I think, does he really love me as much as he says he does? Will he never leave me? What if he finds out really who I am? What if, you know, what if this is just all made up? Like, you just have all these doubts and questions, and you're, um, it all is just dumb. Like you're like, this, this is so stupid that I'm spending my time even worrying about this in my life. Maybe you're worrying about your job. Like, are they going to fire me? Are they going to find me out? Is this just a part-time, you know, it's just, okay, things are good right now. So they must get worse later. It's eventually, this is all going to crumble. It's not going to work out. Like I say, it is maybe you're stressing about starting a family. Like, what if I can't get pregnant? What if I keep waiting and then I go to try and then I can't get pregnant and then we don't have kids. And then what, like, there's so many things that we just fear and doubt. And there are things that the devil is just getting us to play with. It's like throwing a mouse to a cat and getting the cat to just bat around this mouse with his paws. Like, if we're too busy batting around all this doubt and fear, we don't even have time to think about the goodness of God. To think about... The stillness of God and my favorite scripture is be still and know that I am God the reason why is because in my head it's this white noise it's so loud it's just all these thoughts and fears and worries and doubts and stresses and what ifs and all these things are going on in my head and and I'm trying to work and plot plan and scheme and I'm worried about if I'm gonna have money and why isn't this working and is this book even worth it and should I keep doing these podcasts and should I keep showing up and should is this even here and should I keep praying does God hear me? does God forgive me? It's so loud and just like so much in my head it's just like shh. just shh. zip it. Turn it off. And that's why I always tell people if you can't turn it off and you try to turn it off and you can't, you need to listen to other people. Listen because you cannot talk and listen at the same time. So you need to talk and listen to someone that is going to put goodness into your mind so it combats all the negative and badness that's in your mind. And that's kind of the foundation behind this podcast is because. My whole life, I wanted someone to wake me up. I wanted somebody to convince me. I wanted someone to sell me on something, inspire me, move me, push me, grow me. Don't just let me sit here. Like I would ask questions and I would, I would want to know more and I would want to be better, but there was no one there to like mentor me. And I wanted it so bad, but I was so in my head and the devil had me so caged and bound in my head and shackled and I was oh my gosh like you guys could have seen me and I hid I really hid and I really faked it and a lot of these calls got me through it because for so long I just kept doing these calls I would just do them even I'm like nope I'm just gonna keep doing these calls I gotta be around my people I got I like became the person for myself that I prayed for I was praying for this person to come and help me and they weren't. And people would come for a little bit and then they would leave and then they would show up and then they would, they would get pushed out of my life and they would show up and they'd get pushed out of my life. And I've had a lot of mentors and I'm so grateful for them. Every single person that has spoken life over me, that has taken the time to teach me things, to grow me, to help me. I am so appreciative to every one of those people that have been there. And I've been a stepping stone for that. But what I found is that you cannot rely on people. People aren't going to get you to the next spot. The only thing that will get you to mentor you and coach you and help you is Jesus. That's it. It's, it's scripture. It's Jesus. It's, it's the only thing that satisfies. The money won't satisfy. The people, they won't help you get to where God wants you to go. God can get you much further along than you can get yourself and that anyone else can get you because we're all flawed. We're all sinful. We're all flesh. We can't really put that much dependency on other people because they're just going to let us down. And that's why it's so hard for people to truly give it all to God, to let go of control, to completely just say, take it, I am yours. Like do, it, do with me what you will, I can depend on you because we've never, ever, ever been able to depend on anyone. And I would say that my husband is pretty dependable but I couldn't even depend on him to water my flowers. I can depend on him to take care of my kids. I can depend on him to pay our bills. I can depend on him for a lot of stuff but I can't depend on him for everything all the time. He's human. He's human. He's going to let me down. He's going to tell me he'll do something and he'll forget because he's human. God doesn't forget. And so if you've been hurt and if every single person has abused you and abandoned you, then realize even more that you need Jesus because he needs to heal all those past wounds and traumas. But emotions are great because you can overcome these emotions if you have, if you're experiencing fear, it's just an emotional lens. It's how you're seeing things. So you need to change it. There's two forms of fear. Okay. There's beneficial fear, which is encouraged in the Bible. Um, that's more like fear of the Lord and awe of his power and glory, or to fear his wrath and anger, two different things. So that type of fear is like whoa okay that's fear of the lord and it's good you know it's encouraged it's beneficial for you and then there's a type of fear that's damaging and you need to overcome it and that's the spirit of fear so there's the holy spirit and there's the spirit of fear the spirit of fear comes from the devil comes from the valley it comes from the pits of hell and in second timothy chapter one verse seven Paul says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So a spirit of fearfulness and timidity does not come from God. So know that, okay? That is in the scripture, that it comes not from God. It comes from the devil. So the number one thing that you need to do, okay? So if you have these symptoms, bye, April. If you have these symptoms, if you have low energy, if you're not feeling your best or you're feeling irritated, if you're judgmental or critical, if your patience is low, if your dreams are dull and you start questioning things and you're doubting, then the ways to overcome this are very easy. And I'm going to line them out for you. And I promise you, if you do this, you will get out of the valley you will feel better your mind will be quieter you will feel fulfilled you will feel purposeful you will feel happy you'll feel alive you'll start to really your um let's say you make a priorities list of like the things that you want to do every single day that are going to make you into a better person like i said before like doing my devotional every day taking my vitamins working out drinking my greens eating healthy doing my study with my daughter These types of things are easier to do on your list when you're living at the peak instead of in the valley. You don't even really have to try. You just want to eat better. You want to eat like crap when you're stressed out and you're irritated and you're fearful and you're doubting and you're in this place. You want to just go treat yourself like I've had a bad day. Let's go get burgers or, you know, you just. You want to make poor choices. If you're over here and you're on the valley, you want, you're like craving salads. You're craving protein. You're craving healthy food. You want to juice. You want to take your vitamins. You want to drink water. You wake up a little happier. You wake up a little earlier. You're not so tired. You, you wake up and you feel alert and you're excited to give your body what it needs. And you are excited to stretch and do yoga or go to the gym. You, you're different. That's why like at the beginning of a new year, when everyone has all these goals to do stuff, people last about 30 days strong, like gym every day for 30 days, healthy food every day for 30 days, drink your gallon of water every day for 30 days. You're on it and it's easy and it's, and it feels good and you don't dread it. And you actually want to do it because it's easier when you're up there. You don't have to try so hard. You really don't have to try so hard. So I know that this is true because I have experienced this myself over and over and over and over. And this is exactly how I've gotten out, like bullet point form, of how I've gotten out of the valley and how I've been able to get into the light again, to go out of darkness and get into the light. Um, this isn't one of the, the the numbers. There's four things I'm going to tell you. This isn't one of them. This is kind of like a before one, but I just want you to know that if you, if you do this, like if you do the work, you will get the result. If you don't do the work, you won't get the result. Knowing the four bullet points isn't enough of just saying, oh, I know what they are. I wrote them down. I put them on my fridge. That is not enough. You have to actually do the things. So the first one is to trust and love God. You know, that sounds kind of like, okay, what is this? (laughs) This isn't a tangible thing. I want like real things. Okay, this is a real thing. So in 1 John 4, 18, he says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So that means you need to believe in what God says. And I created a highlight on my Instagram. If you go to at Sarconi, one of my highlights, you might have to scroll over because I haven't used it in a while. Scroll it over and there's two of them. One says promises and one says defeated darkness. And both of those are tons of scriptures That you can just screenshot of promises and scriptures saying that God already defeated the darkness because when I had a really hard time turning off my mind and I had a really hard time trusting and believing in God, I needed to read this over and over and over. I would read them out loud. If you read them out loud, even if you're whispering, it's so good because now you're hearing yourself. So you're thinking it, you're saying it, and now you're hearing it. So it's affecting you three times more than if you just were thinking these things in your head. You want to think it, say it, and hear it. And the more you do it, the more you're going to be able to remember them and cling on to them so that that is actually one of the ways that we can guard ourselves against the devil is by the sword of the spirit and being able to speak these scriptures and to say there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And you'll remember, okay, do not fear. You are created by God, the perfect love. And he says, there is no fear in you. He also says in Isaiah forty one ten, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God and I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Think of the word surely. He threw those "surely"s in there. I love looking at scripture like this, like to throw the word surely in there twice. That's like, surely I'm going to do it. Surely, of course, I will surely, for sure. It's going to happen. And then Matthew ten thirty one says, do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. He's talking about providing for the sparrows and giving the sparrows everything that they need. And says, You don't think that I'm going to take care of you more than the sparrow? Do not be afraid. So, the first thing that you need to do is remember these scriptures. You need to say these and say them out loud and make it a practice where you're constantly repeating these things. The second thing is you need to make a plan you need to put in your schedule time with God. And you're going to need to slow down before you go forward. And this is a hard one for me because I don't like to slow down. Although I'm tired and I like to take naps and sleep in, once I'm up and I'm going, I feel like I'm constantly go, 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 go. Like can't catch up. Like I have this appointment at three and then I have to go here at six and I need to bring the kids there at one. And I- forgot that I don't have groceries and now I have to make dinner. And now we need to register for this soccer camp. And I forgot that Sophia needs new cleats. And then, you know, you just go like, there's so much to think about. There's so much to do this never ending to do list. The, the more you grow in this too, the more you grow financially, the more things that you get in your possession, the more things you now have to do. Because you need to keep up on those things or take care of those things. Or now you have all these extra things. So it's just more and more and more. As you experience life and go through it, there's just more that gets added to your plate. Just like an arrow, if you want an arrow to go as far as possible, you put it on the bow, you pull it back to create momentum and resistance. And then you let it go and it goes so far. So it might feel like resistance to slow down, to take a few days in your schedule and say, I'm not doing anything for these next two days. i nothing. I'm not doing anything besides making my plan for the week ahead. And you are better off to slow down and make a plan to get rid of energy leaks, which are any, anything that's just been weighing down your mind like a massive to-do list of all these things that you've been procrastinating, Um, like doctor's appointments and upkeep on stuff and those drawers that are bothering you that you need to clean out. And you still have all your winter stuff in your closet and you need to see if your summer stuff fits you. And you need to look at your calendar and put it on the fridge of what you have going on over the summer and what you're doing on weekends and graduation parties and weddings and If your kids have summer clothes and all of these things that you've been just, that have been just like weighing on you, like, oh, I really need to take all that stuff to the Salvation Army. I really need to call my grandma and talk to her about that. I really need to prioritize a date night with my husband. Like all these things that are in your head, you have to get them out of your head and write them down and spend a couple of days if it takes you doing them. If you've been avoiding cleaning your house and now it's just driving you crazy because your house is so dirty and you feel like you cannot do any work or anything because you're just so stressed out that the laundry is backed up and your room is a disaster and you need to wash your sheets, like just pause and do all those things. You will feel like a million dollars. You will feel this weight just lift off of you. Don't just, it's okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna suffer through it. I'm just, I can't slow down. I have all this stuff to do. If you can take a day off of work, take a day off of work. Use a sick day if you have to. Use a day to say, I need to get this together. I need to be able to figure this out because you have to make a plan. And this isn't just writing out all your to dos. You need to make a plan to have time with God. Look at your schedule every day. Where are you going to fit in time with God? I've been hearing people talk about spending time with God and A lot of people have said, like, it's not like you have to spend an hour of time with God to really get anything from him. Do what works for you. If 30 minutes works for you, if 15 minutes works for you, if five minutes works for you. I don't really agree with that. I think, yes, if you could only have five minutes and you're on vacation and you go in the bathroom and drop to your knees and you ask God for guidance and help throughout your day, yes. Is that good? Of course. Does God hear you? Yes. Yes. Is he going to answer your prayers? For sure, he will. But I have found that if I am not spending at least an hour, I don't really get in as deep and get as much out of. It's more like if I only have five or 10 minutes, I'm just presenting my request to God. Like, God, help me get me through this. Give me this. Help me with that. If it's longer than that, that's when I actually hear from God. I'll go deeper in what I'm talking about and what I'm thinking about. I'll have new ideas. I will literally stop praying and write stuff down because I will hear God and I will just write it down. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. This is, this is like, this is so good. Things that he tells me to do scriptures or ideas where He's like, look up this word or look up this scripture or, and it will take me down this whole deep hole that I'm in I never would have gotten that deeper intimate if I didn't have the time with God. I highly recommend putting an hour in your day. Just like C.S. Lewis says, if you only have five hours, it's better to put one of them for prayer and four hours of work. That's what you need to do. Don't say, I don't have enough time. This is a guaranteed thing that will help you out of the valley. Walking hand in hand with God guarantees that you're never in the valley. You will never fall in the valley. if, And this is why I've only been able to last like five to seven, 10 at the max days of walking in the light and feeling this like on fire, like my soul is on fire inside of me, just like whirling around me and just this like dose of the ghost, like my pastor says, like you just, you feel it, you feel alive, you feel on fire for life. It's only been able to last for that time frame. Because I get busy. I get distracted. Every five days is a weekend. So I'm good Monday. I'm like, okay, let's get focused. Let's wake up. Let's spend time with God. Let's do what I need to do. I need to be obedient. I need to stay here. And then all of a sudden, Wednesday, I woke up late and then my day got ahead of me and it got away from me. And then I was like, okay, Thursday's a new day. I'm going to do this Thursday. Thursday, I only spend maybe 10 minutes and then I get distracted and I have appointments that day and I'm busy with the kids. And then it's the weekend. So my husband's not at work and we're on the boat or we're going up North or we're camping. And I don't, I bring my, all my stuff with me. I bring my devotional book. I bring my studies. I bring my Bible. I bring my notebook. I bring my highlighters. I bring it all with me, but I don't ever do it. I don't ever spend an hour. I don't ever do it. And then all of a sudden now I'm feeling doubtful of my future and thinking, is this even gonna work? Like I'm literally writing a book. Like I paid this person all this money to help me write this book. Like, like I really think this is gonna work. I don't even want to do the call. I think I'm just gonna cancel the call because why even do the call? Like nobody's even listening. No one's even there. Like do people even care? Like who are you? You're just a nobody in some farm town in Michigan, like talking like people even care. Just like that, your mind just goes because you've walked away from your creator, you've walked away from the goodness, you let go of his hand and you got lost in the crowd. That's what happens. And until I realize that I need to put God first every single day, no matter what is going on in my day, no matter what is going on in my life, if I believe what he says so true and hold on to it so hard, I won't go into the valley. I won't start experiencing doubt. My fa- One of my favorite quotes is that God, you are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. Sitting here thinking, God, when are you going to do it? When are you going to make me successful? When are you going to bring me to that next place? When are you going to do what I want you to do? When is this going to happen? It's you. It's you. God is waiting on you. He is showing up for coffee every single day and you're blowing him off and he's still showing up and he's not mad and he's not resentful and he's not judging you for it and he's still there. Slow down, make your to-do list, all the things that are draining your energy, make a time plan in your schedule with God If you don't know what to do while you spend time with God, then go listen to my podcast. I think it's episode 40 or 41. It's called Time with God. And it'll tell you exactly what to do when you're spending time with God. So if you have no idea what to do, that's a great one to listen to to do. Uh, The third thing is stop saying yes. You can decline the graduation party. You can decline the baby shower. You can decline the birthday party you can decline dinner with your mom, you can decline church, you can say we're not going to church, you are allowed to say whatever you want to say if it lines up with God. You do not have to keep committing and saying yes to everything, including stuff in the church like ministries and barbecues and baptisms and all the things that are going on inside your church, some people are addicted to saying yes to their church and they're so worn out because they're putting church over their family and they're burnt out. Their family is not getting the best of them. If you have kids right now, I just wanna tell you there is no other job that you should be thinking that you are not doing a good enough job at than being a mother because God gave you kids in this season And that is what your number one focus should be. Now, can you have a job? Of course you can have a job, but don't think that it's more important or it should be more of your focus than your kids. Now, can there be amazingness in people that don't have children? And can this be an amazing season for you? Yeah. You don't have children right now. So God has a plan for you and has a focus for you. This is the season you're in. The season that you're in right now is the season that you are supposed to be in right now. You are exactly where you need to be right now. And I had to put that quote on my laptop because I was constantly feeling like I needed to be somewhere else. The quote on my laptop says, the only place you need to be is exactly where you are. Exactly where you are. It's the only place in your life that you need to be. Whatever season you're in, you're in it. So stop saying yes. Where can you cut out the yeses in your life and not overcommit? If you're already behind in your life and you're not having the time to do the things on your priority list that you wanted to do anyway, like, working out and praying and doing your devotionals and spending time with your husband or whatever those things are, stop messaging friends and saying, let's catch up. Let's grab lunch. Like you're already behind. You need to pause on the friends for a couple weeks because a lot of times we're like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just go out to dinner. What are you doing tonight? Let's go hang out. What are you doing? Let's go grab breakfast. What do you do? Like do the things on your list. Stop saying yes to these extra things because this is just gonna weigh you down. It's gonna give you this guilt of like, I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough. Like I'm not getting my stuff done. It's just gonna make it worse. And the fourth and last point is to be obedient. God gave you this life that you're in. He has had to perform miracles and rain blessings on you to have the life that you're sitting in right now. He needs you to wake up and to fear God, instead of fearing the spirit. It's not about the spirit of fear of we have this over us that we need to overcome. And we just feel like we just feel doubtful and scared and worried when you walk away from the creator. It's scary. If you're walking, if you're a child and you're walking in the woods with your parents, you feel pretty secure. If you get separated from your parents in the woods, and you're a little kid in the woods, it's pretty scary. You start hearing things like, what was that? What was that sound? What's behind me? Oh my gosh. And you start getting fearful because you're separated. Dogs do the same things. The reason why dogs want to lay literally on top of you or as close as they can get to you all times and follow you around the house is because they feel safest when they're with their master. They feel safe and secure. Your home Don't go to the bathroom without me. I want to follow you. I want to be right by you. They feel it. They sense it. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with us. We should fear God, fear his anger, fear his wrath, fear being disobedient to God more than we fear the spirit. Like we have this life, like shame on us for not doing what we're supposed to. Shame on us for being too busy to not spend time with God and to stay close to him so that the devil doesn't take away our mind. He gave you this to steward. He said, "You have what I want you to have and I have a purpose for you through this. And I need you to wake up and get to work and start doing it because there's a world to change. I didn't just create you because you're another person. I created you because I needed someone in my kingdom to go out and do the works, to fight the battle, to save the lives. He created you to be this. And I have a, a, some scriptures I want to read really fast. So um, John 14:15 says if you love me you will keep my commandments these are all scriptures on obedience and you can just go on google Um, i love to go to gotquestions.org and type in what does the bible say about obedience and you'll get tons of scriptures you can do this for everything if you're struggling with being pure right now if you're struggling with judgment or being critical or depression Go on gotquestions.org and type in scriptures about depression, scriptures about anxiety, scriptures about lust, scriptures about sexual purity, and print them out, write them down, read them, put them in front of you, say them out loud so you hear them, so they work three times more, put them somewhere that you can see them all the time, and start just saying these so that you can combat the devil with these scriptures. Acts five twenty nine says, but Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey god rather than man first peter 1 as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance first john 5 3 for this is the love of god that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome isaiah 119 if you are willing and obedient you shall eat the good of the land luke 11 Blessed are those who fear or sorry blessed blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jeremiah 7:23. But this command I gave them, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the way that I command you that it may be well with you. 2 Kings 18:6. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. First John three twenty four, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And two more, John eight fifty one. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. In James 122, one of my favorite ones in my recovery program, they had us memorize this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he will be blessed in his doing be obedient did God tell you to do it or did he not for me did God tell me to write a book yes then do it stop thinking about it stop procrastinating it stop worrying about it stop thinking oh am I worth it am I worthy of this Are they going to find out about me? No, God said it, do it. God said, did he tell you to write a course? Then do it. Did he tell you to quit your job? Then do it. Did he tell you to start a job? Do it. To start a business? Do it. To reconcile that argument? Do it. Be obedient in the word. Don't live in darkness of just doubting and fear and worry. You have to live in the light because that's where your purpose is. That's where your joy is. That's where your freedom is. That's where your abundance is. How do you want to live your life? It's very simple. You either do these things or you don't do them and you'll get this. So remember this podcast episode and go back and listen to this. If you're getting in a place where you're doubting again, you need this mindset checkup of what are my symptoms? Okay, these are my symptoms. Yes, this is what I need to do to fix it. This is the medicine for it. And you'll see yourself to walk in this light a lot more days and start to experience more of God's glory and his goodness more and more and more and more. So do it, do it, wake up, do the thing that God wants you to do. Thank you for being here. Happy Monday. If you need me, find me on Instagram message me, please. I love hearing from everyone. Um, If you have questions, if you just want to tell me your story, or explain how this podcast has been a blessing in your life. I love hearing all of that. So thank you for being here live. Love you guys. And I'll see you Wednesday. Bye. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here